Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode of Queer Tales. I am again joined this week by Kate Murphy, David O'Connor, and Kira O'Hanlon for part two, sexual performance. Because this episode is quite long, I'm just going to skip past this part where I describe what the episode is about. It's about sexual performance. You can hear it now. What's Kate saying? She talked to you. But you, yeah, always. That bitch. She's actually really homophobic. I know. Hell, down on tonight. I was going to make a joke, but that's why she broke up with me. <laughs> 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 oh, that's guys. This is not going to get old for ages. I'm so sorry. <laughs> What's worse is my instinct to say it was mutual, but that makes it so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so sexual performance and the reason that like I wanted to talk about that was obviously, as you all know, you three here, not listeners. <laughs> um, basically my whole life, whole sexual life. Yeah, I was going to say your whole life, <laughs> when you were younger. I keep, that's how I keep phrasing it is like, oh, my whole life. But no, my whole sexual life, I've kind of dealt with um, premature ejaculation and I'm like, oh, the reasons for that is like I suffer from anxiety and depression as well, but like not my entire life, sexual life. Well, I suppose. Well, that's interesting because we had a conversation this morning, like, not this morning, Jesus, we've been at this for hours, but uh, we had a conversation earlier yeah, this evening is. about, we were talking about school. So like myself and Luke went to primary school together. Oh yeah, my teachers um, called me we anxious. Were, we were, yeah, we were discussing that like Luke's teachers got the impression that Luke had like an anxious predisposition yeah so like anytime with those end of year reports that we got back in primary school there was a number of the teachers that like wrote it down like oh Luke's a very sensitive child Luke's a very emotional child Luke is very anxious that's what like sticks to me the most it was just like because the rest of them like left it a couple of sentences the rest were like oh he's great he's bad a little bit sensitive but this one like the opening line was Luke is an anxious child (laughs) (laughs) that was fourth class fourth class uh, Wait, did we, were we in the same fourth class no we were in a different one. Oh. I was in the one with um, I want to know but I don't want you to say it on air but yeah that was fifth class buddy. fifth class yeah yeah, that was one. yeah. <laughs> yeah I could totally seriously in that <laughs> she, yeah, she, she was, was fucking hardcore yeah. that one that was a great class though because we had um, that was one, yeah, the one who kept like running away <laughs> he did the coolest thing someone could ever do in fifth class he, oh no he was in my sixth class he didn't do his homework one day and he straight up looked at the teacher and said I, I didn't do my homework because I'm dyslexic and then she was like wait I'll be back in 10 minutes. And she went to the office to check and he completely made it up. But it was the comments <laughs> going in. And I just, I had so much respect for that guy after that day. Um, but sorry, going back to what you were saying earlier. So yeah, like... There is definitely a correlation between like the emotional resilience a child has to stressors mm-hmm. and their risk factors of developing like clinically yeah. relevant... My mother cuddled me, and that is why I am the way I am. Yeah, we're blaming Karen for this. <laughs> no, we're not, Karen. We love you. So, just because you know, we're talking about your entire life and then your entire sexual life, yeah. and you might feel like those two things are completely separate, but as Kate's always pointing out, that we are the sum of our experiences. <laughs> I have never said this. <laughs> you give me these throwbacks for Kate that no one else knows about. Yeah. Um, do you think all that those things might be connected? Um, like possibly, and that would kind of make sense because uh, definitely it's been a whole life thing. Like 
first time I had sex was 15. Second time after that, I was 19. It happened when I was 19 with the person I hooked up with that time. And then it was from there on that, like, I was aware of it. Yeah. Do you think it was there when you were younger and you just weren't aware of it, aware of it because of your inexperience? Or do you think it actually developed as into your adulthood when you were 19 onwards? Yeah. So, like, when I was 15, like, that night, super drunk, neither of us finished. Um, it was just a messy night. Yeah. And, like, the next time then was when I was 19. So, technically, like, I viewed the 19 as, like, my first time experience properly. Yeah, I, mm. I, would, I would get that, I think. Yeah. What you mean. And, like, happened that time. And then, yeah, everyone after that. And, yeah, so I don't know, because I don't think early on I had, like, the anxiety of the anxiety of, like, this might happen. Yeah, compared yeah. to me as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, with the antidepressants and everything, that acknowledging, not acknowledging, addressing it and kind of helping it has yeah. been like, a, oh, like, maybe this was just a long-term chemical imbalance that I was having. Um, it wasn't always manifesting the sense of depression at the time, but then as I got to, like, my worst, got onto these and that kind of crossover and like there is the medication like the one that I use Prilogy that is meant to address premature ejaculation but I didn't find it effective whereas this yeah very much is so let's go back let's go back a few years because you were you were just speaking to Kate about when when was it that you broached this topic with her Mm. and for myself I have a very distinct memory of when we first spoke about it and I think it was Whenever David lived in the city near that mm. apartment next to Chambers, that's when I remember it. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. That, that, that's the same though, yeah. occasion for me as well. We were living in the apartment in the city, and right by near Chambers, right by Chambers, <laughs> which is the gay bar in Cork. And you broached it by taking out the tablets you were on at the time. The, the ones I had got to like address did, did you it. Want, yeah, yeah to, you had gotten to combat it. And it, it, you had said something like, um, oh, um, it, right before that, you had said like, oh, you know, I have a problem with, and I was like, with what? And you like, oh, coming and I was like what it was like yeah too quickly and he took out the tablets and just like showed them to me and I was like yeah, what, what are you doing what are you doing to me so you told David first and like I yeah. always love when Luke, Luke tells me news or gossip Luke always like teaches it to me as so did David tell you because we don't gossip about each other's private matters and you're like oh okay well anyway well anyway old news already but um, and then you told me that you'd been to your GP and you'd explained to him that you were having issues with premature ejaculation and he prescribed you something so from my understanding because we we did speak about this before uh, recording this evening that that didn't really help because no. the problem continued. So can you explain to me what you're on and what effect it has? I think this is the most interesting part of the story. The, the, the thing prescribed for it not working, but something else kind of working. Yes, like the, so I looked up um, after the GP kind of like told me about it and he kind of explained it as well, that where this medication comes from, it is a derivative of antidepressants mm-hmm. and kind of that effect that they do seem to have. It's kind of taken out, put into like a small dosage tablet. Prinji was just the name of the brand. I can't actually remember the name of the chemical that it was, but it was the same thing of it was a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Mm-hmm. 
um, of some sort or another. And yeah, I just like there, I found no benefit from the use of it. Like it may as well not have, and there was no. There was the mental comfort of the fact that I'd taken you, something. You were on something and that probably helps with mm. the mm. secondary factors yeah. of feeling worried. So the fact that like I even still would have say that there was no effect kind of goes to show that it just How long were you on those for? So they were a take at the time kind of thing you take it it says like a half hour to two hours before you have sex. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And you just felt after a while that they weren't, they weren't doing what you thought they would. So you stopped taking them. Uh, yeah. I just tried a few, I tried a few of them, um, a few times that I was having sex. Um, to be fair, I don't know if I gave them a fair trial because at the same time I was going through the period where I felt really self-conscious about it. So I was always mm-hmm. drunk having sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of hard to tell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I gave them a fair shot, but uh, okay. even still, I, I wouldn't say that there was any benefit, like particularly because yeah. even alcohol was, the reason I was using alcohol as like a, oh, I need to be drunk to have sex was that that was, was working as like a beneficial thing. Was that because it was helping your confidence or you were kind of numbing yourself to dealing with like feelings of a, a bit know, of both. worry it was like, and anxiety and like shame and things like that? Yeah, I think it was more to do with that and also just kind of or was there like a physical? It was a kind of a, a body numbing effect as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, definitely that played into it. It didn't always like sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't work. Uh, sometimes it would work too well, and then you have know, the whiskey dick situation. That's mm. <laughs> the yeah. same thing, the opposite version. Which, but that one that I have like no shame about. It. I'm like, oh, that's fine. Um, and why? That, why? That's so fine. I just this, watch. that's really really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had been. I think it was me and Kay, we were talking about if I was in a situation where someone got, let's say, we call it whiskey dick, where yeah. they just got too drunk and they couldn't perform. I wouldn't have any negative feelings about that with that partner. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that in that situation with yourself, you don't feel any shame if you're not able to perform because you're drunk. Yeah. But you do feel that if it's because you can't perform because of your anxiety, mm. which means you feel that well, there's a stigma it's, around It's that. kind of like a, an overperformance or too quick performance or a very short mm. But let's say the reasons that you have complex feelings about it. Well, yeah, but the reason yeah. you, but this, if the performance is um, overly brief, yeah. the same result happens where you feel like you haven't had a satisfactory mm. Mm. engagement with someone right let's like let's put it that way so both of those yeah. scenarios kind of have the same result but one of them you have very complex feelings about because one of them you consciously chose to do yeah in an inadvertently way and then yeah. one of them you have no control over so do you think it's it's somewhat because you have no control over one of those situations because you can control if you get pissed before you 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 know you shout yeah, someone, but you can't like, control I how you feel well. it. Even like going for dates and stuff, where it was like, oh, I don't kind of nearly always organize it to be at a bar. Uh, to be fair, I would too. I'm yeah, just, I'm but I'd also like drink some vodka before I left the house. Okay. To, to kind of add to it, um, I don't think of tricks to like yeah. yeah make sure if it led to sex, I was covered. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm actually not sure why. Like I, the whiskey dick situation is kind of like, like I'm, I'm drunk and they kind of yeah. expect it. I suppose more. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other one is less. I think it's, a, it's like a it's like an it. easy go to excuse. Like oh fucking drunk. Oh well, haha. And 
like every, most guys have been in a similar situation yeah. whereas not most guys have been in a uh, like you know premature ejaculation or, situation or one's easier to talk about than the other mm. yeah possibly I think well, I really it depends because I feel like yeah you can whiskey dick is very easy to talk about when it comes to erectile dysfunction that's very difficult to talk mm. about yeah that's what I mean I mean like yeah. the fact that we have a, we have like an urban dictionary phrase we use globally yeah. whiskey dick means that it's frequently spoken about it in like either a serious or jokey way yeah but I don't, like, what's what's this what's the slang for I you know erect a, a psychosomatic erectile dysfunction it's a premier thing <laughs> no premier's not I like a, that that's how I've oh. always had thought of it in my head so like maybe less of a monster of it <laughs> it's a premier <laughs> so that reminds me of like a preemie baby like a baby that has yeah. to be born to it <laughs> I don't associate this concept together I think a really interesting like symptom I suppose of um, the erectile dysfunction and the premature ejaculation would be uh, you being gay, there's two roles that kind of fall in there. It's like oh, you're yeah, a top or a bottom. And to combat that, even though it wasn't necessarily your preference back when you were 19. Right. Yeah, you don't you, know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you don't know. You were like, oh, well, that's fucking an easy one to go for here is I can be a bottom. And then it, it's a non-issue. Yeah. And that was news to me, actually, we, when we talked about that on Wednesday. Which way? That you said that your preference is... Oh, and like, I don't know my preference because I never really... Yeah, that's, yeah that's my point. That's yeah. the point you brought um, that up. Um, yeah, because I suppose I was always, like, claiming being a bottom as my preference because... It was your comfort zone. It was my comfort zone, and yeah. yeah um, and, like, I'm still good at it, so, like, you know, whatever. It's power, isn't it? Insert the clip from It's Always Sunny right here. I just, I think it's oh, interesting. No, I just slap my back. Yeah. I, just, I think it's interesting to explore the feelings that come with the territory because, mm. as you said, the initial, the initial event of, like, being like, oh, look, I, I came too early. That's one thing. Yeah. The feelings afterwards then affect the next time you go out with somebody, the next time you go on with someone. Mm. And I think those feelings tend to build up for anyone over a while. You, you create a huge complex about yourself and, like... I do think it got to the point where, well, yeah, it kind of has gotten to the point where I don't, when I look back on my sex life, I'm like, oh, like, I've never fully enjoyed sex outside of, like... That's a long-term relationship. Yeah, yeah. So like that French boy that I was with for a while. The gorgeous French boy. <laughs> um, beyond like that period, I say every single time that I've had sex that like there's been a part of you that's not been fully in it because you were so conscious of you yeah. yourself. And I feel like I associated coming during sex as like a shameful thing. Mm-hmm. So even it, mm-hmm. even if it was kind of like I've had a bit of a drink. And so I've been able to hold out longer. Yeah. That I was still associated as like a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's conditioning. Yeah. It's conditioning because you're so used to every single time you have that experience that you feel shame. So even if if you've, you know, lasted longer. And like that's, yeah. that's a, I think a lot of people could identify with that. Gay, straight, like men and women. A lot of people could identify with that. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, which is kind of what I wanted to do the episode because I feel like it's a probably a lot more common thing than what people would talk about. Absolutely. Um, maybe not the level that I had it. <laughs> maybe not the level that I've had it, but like, 
anything I've read up about premature ejaculation, like the short term, long term, minor bit and long term, but like short term is quite common as well to do with mm-hmm. stress and anxiety within your life as that comes up and down. You mm-hmm. can the same way that you can kind of go through erectile dysfunction for periods in a short term way, you can go through premature ejaculation from the exact same causes as well which is quite yeah, interesting stress, stress mm-hmm. anxiety insomnia it just depends which way it hits you yeah yeah and can i ask in your experience um in your sexual experience have you ever felt that a partner was very negative about it no like i literally haven't and it's mm-hmm. very much just an internal shame yeah. which is the biggest part of it because yeah. i've it's always been like, you put it yourself really isn't it yeah because you feel like oh i'm a disappointment or let them down even though they're like this is fine i have noticed um like one thing like, like when you get with guys like if I finish early they're kind of like oh so like are we done here and I'm like no like I'm happy to like continue on to get yeah. you off and like do whatever work that we can do here as so we think, should that's yeah, what a polite boy would do yeah whereas like a lot of guys seem to have this like perception that as soon as you come like it's just done that's like no that's rude that, that is 100% mm, that's, rude that's poeticish I think yeah. your mom should have raised you better <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of them like if, if it has happened that's kind of been their immediate reaction whereas I've just been like well like no like you could yeah I mean <laughs> it's not it's not a scripted performance like yeah you can... and if anything it's just going to be more centered on them so yeah absolutely yes. win win yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that maybe they might have been reading into your body language or your your feelings of discomfort or shame that possibly yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. definitely that probably comes across um i have so from a recent experience with the antidepressants it went the other way this time so this is what i want to ask about yeah so tell me about the more so let's say the conversation i'm talking about you initially brought this up to me yeah that's what four years ago yeah so let's talk about recently Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so you said the meds back then didn't help. Yeah. So the person that I saw recently is the same person I saw back in the summer. Okay. I, yeah, the um, one that was meant to address it didn't, and that was four years ago. The antidepressants, which weren't meant to address this issue, but worked out well. <laughs> the first dosage that I was on uh, helped quite a lot, but like not to the point that I kind of would still say that I was like dealt with mm-hmm. um and that was when did I go on? I went on them in November I think mm-hmm. yeah about that I'd say yeah and then I was on that for three months and then I went on to the new dosage there now this month so no four months and then on to the new dosage um and the new one yeah then I had the kind of I don't think it would have went the opposite issue I think it was um Basically, we. I'll just go into detail. Um, he was blowing me first, and then, uh, then he was fucking me afterwards. Oh, I have a question. Yeah. In the past, did you not like foreplay because you were afraid that would prime you too early? Yeah. That's really interesting because then you're not in, you're not getting the full. Yeah. Oh, I hate oh, foreplay. So, I was like, so if, if they went down. They'd be like, down like no well, this kind of basically pull them back up and be like, oh, yeah. I'm just so passionate, I need to kiss oh, you right that's, now. That's, that must have been so, like... <laughs> was the way I covered it up. That must have been so strangling. <laughs> yeah, inhibiting yourself. Yeah, cover, yeah. That's, like, that's, that's inhibiting yourself so much during, like, what should be, like, just a really yeah. carefree, enjoyable experience. Uh, which kind of, like, it's like, it went the opposite way this time, but I know that if we kind of kept, kept working at it, it probably would have been fine. Okay. It was just that I think... 
So there was foreplay. When we had first had sex, I was still dealing with the issue. Yes. I kind of like, I suppose, somewhat trained him into a certain way of how I want to be treated, where I don't want to be touched while being fucked. Right. Mm. Whereas nor when I you find it overstimulating, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. the first time that we had sex, I remember he was like trying it, and I kept like not batting his arms away, but like finding somewhere or another space to get his hand off. Like he is. You got really like a paddle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think yeah, this time it would have been fine if he was doing that, and I think because he wasn't, it like left me too much time without that stimulation. Mm. So like he finished and then he went down to me again. And like this time I was like, oh, like, I just know that I'm not going to, which I was also fine with. I was like, that's fine. Yeah. I don't need to. And he just hung out for the rest of the day. And I was like, cool. Okay. Uh, but he actually, before I left, he was like, oh, like, if you want to get one out, like, I'll happily get you there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's nice. But no, I'm going to have I appreciate all the offer though. Like I was just like, yeah, thank you for that offer. But I'm going to take it away. Um, so you're kind of having to navigate now the new terrain of that the meds are seemingly working to deal with that problem. So now you're kind of going to have to remodulate. Yeah, but I, I'm viewing it as an exciting way because like definitely I shoved myself into the bottom box because I was like, oh, like this is where I'm going to be able to work because I'm not going to be able to do the other side unless I'm drunk. Mm. Yeah. Um, so now I'm like, oh, I get to like this. Actually, yeah, we'll... Yeah, whenever I talk next will be the first time I've ever talked sober. And we'll discuss it on the podcast. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you all how it goes. Um, That's, yeah, I think that's like, that's a huge progress. Um, And it's not the worst situation in the world to be in to figure out how much foreplay you'll like in the future. I mean, like, that's just, I think that's for a lot of, especially women, that's like a huge part of any sexual experience. It's the foreplay. It's, it's, it's actually most of it for women. Yeah. Not all women. I'm sure there's some people who just pop one out straight away, but I just, I think foreplay for women, generally speaking, is a huge part of the sexual experience. And that's, yeah, that's just a new thing to navigate, really, isn't it? Yeah, you say um, some women pop it out instantly. I imagine the um, crazy <laughs> ex-girlfriend like I orgasm instantly. I imagine. Yeah. But you, you, you just said there that your last sexual experience that you didn't come and it was still like quite a fulfilling, enjoyable. Yeah, like I really enjoyed it. Yeah. He definitely seemed a bit kind of like, oh, you're like, are you sure that you don't want it like, to get to the end? And I was like, yeah. well, I don't need to. Like, but maybe not all the time. I think it completely yeah. depends on the day and the experience. And I think like the goal, if you're goal oriented during sex, it should be to make sure that your partner is enjoying themselves as much as you mm. are. Yeah. Not necessarily that you've both had the equal amount of orgasms per session. I think that's a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a bit. It's yeah, transactional. It's, like, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit transactional, isn't it? It's like between friends. I feel like counting who owes money to who and something. Yeah, it's just a bit stingy. <laughs> or yeah, it's just stingy because I think it's quite generous in some some respect. Yeah. It's like you you have to come before I leave, especially. Yeah, it was very much like just a nice offer. Yeah, I kind of what came to my mind there, but that like, yeah, porn is probably the big culprit for that one. To be yeah. like, oh, this is the way that you have sex. Yes. The only way is through this. I hate being really like, yeah. negative about porn because I, I, I think that porn can be done right. Can be I done think well porn can be educational. I think yeah. that when you're young, you you look at pornography to learn about sex. 
I think mm-hmm. most people do if you're curious. Yeah. Um, I think that it's it's. Someone put it before that like porn to men is like rom-coms to women. It just kind of sells unrealistic depictions of like cohabitation with another person. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I think that's true with porn. I if I had a suggestion to anyone who was feeling like they were over reliant over reliant on porn, I would say like just switch to amateur. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a huge that's a huge <laughs> weeding off period. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think a small amount of porn is healthy for anyone to. to well, what do you think, David? <laughs> so, so, so I, I, I was going to say um, it's not to do with like what I think of porn and stuff like that. It's yeah. great. Um, the over reliance on porn is definitely like when I started watching porn, it was very like okay, yeah, I have to be like that. I say it's really cute. David's first interaction with um, internet porn was typing XXX into Google Images. No, it wasn't. <laughs> was it? Um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, that, that's really funny because that's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> does anyone remember what their first interaction with porn was or their first yes, Google search very, of very, porn? Not Google search. My first interaction with like sexually explicit material on the internet was uh with David and David's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. uh, no, the first time I ever saw like a like the first penis the first time I ever saw a penis on the internet was at David's house <laughs> when we were in second year. Wait, why was David doing penises? He wasn't we okay. were we were we were on chat roulette. And oh. the third thing that came up was a guy masturbating on oh. into his um it's really good for chat roulette being the third yeah, thing to come well up <laughs> yeah I mean like, it was a slow, oh, it was a slow Wednesday afternoon <laughs> yeah. but that I just really recall that because I remember I remember getting picked up by my mom at like five no I was like I had, I had a pretty good poker face but you know when you're a kid and you kind of do something a bit naughty you kind of were like, I was like, you that was really, no, I was like, that was a really big deal that mm. I saw that. And then I was kind of like, hope oh, my mom isn't like, no. And I was like, why would she know? Yeah. Mm. But for some reason I was what like, oh, this is a really big deal. What if she knows? <laughs> she doesn't know. Mm. How would she know? And uh, yeah, I remember, I remember that like, as really a New Year's Day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember I, <laughs> I, I remember a story from the first time I searched porn I suppose was um, I, I googled like naked girls <laughs> on google whatever and um, the first thing that came up I remember it vividly it was a girl wearing jeans with no top on oh, against like a brick wall like with graffiti on it and there was a guy like kissing her stomach while playing with her boobs and that was the first ever porn that I had ever seen and I was like oh, wow, oh my god this is amazing <laughs> holy shit like what my mind absolutely blown yeah um, and then so I, I, I it, it went on from there you know, but that was the first one. But from there, it just it, it spiraled out of control. David was really twenty four hours seven. Yeah, that was, that was the first domino. Um, and then my granddad. Mm-hmm. So this was like the obviously the home computer thing. I was not aware of incognito home mode. It didn't exist at the time. Um, I was just aware of. I don't think so. No. Okay. Yeah. Um. I was just like, oh, I, I searched something. And great. I didn't know that you could look up what was previously searched on the computer or not. So I remember I was at my mom's friend's house, 
And he got a call on my granddad saying that he just tried to search up history on the new computer, thinking that the history button on the internet browser was a thing that would bring him to like the, the troubles in Northern Ireland or something like that, because he's from the North. Um, and an awful lot of things popped up. Um, so my mom asked me what that was about. I said, I have no idea. No, that's crazy. I've, I've never, I've never seen that in my life. Like that, that, that's that's mad. <laughs> and luckily, our cousin was with us at the time, and she said, "Oh, those are those pop-up things." And my mom oh, was like, what a hero. Oh. And my mom, and I think she actually believed it. It's hard to say. I haven't asked her to this day. Yeah. I don't think I have the guts to actually genuinely be like, well, did you save my life? <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that's the story. That was, that was fine. My mom was like, oh my God. And then I think she bought Norton 360 internet security oh, really? to stop those dastardly pop-ups from, from destroying her like, child's. Would, would you have gotten in trouble? No. I don't know. How old were you? Oh, like 11 or 12, maybe. See, I think that that's a reasonable age to be Definitely primary curious. school. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah you're it just I think, like I think at that point, we had only, we got the computer that Christmas. So I think it was like, it definitely would have been not, I wouldn't have gotten in trouble, but it would have been so unknown mm-hmm. and so new of like, wait, there's porn on this thing? Why did, you, been afraid why did we get this? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the first porn I ever looked up. What about, what about you, Luke? Mine was actually probably like a similar thing. Um, in terms of getting caught, I got caught like a couple of times, but I did the same thing of just being like, no idea. And like, I had an older brother and a younger sister, so I was like, oh, what was that? Did you, did you <laughs> look up straight porn oh, or gay porn? Yeah. Oh, straight porn initially. Um, I think the first ever porn I've ever on seen the was, guy? I was shown. Um, like, did, you, like, did you pick up on, like, let's say if you're looking up straight porn, hmm. did you notice what your I preference was, was, perhaps? No, like at the time I was just like, oh, like, this is what people are into. And it's still hot. Like, I, I've looked up straight porn since even this year because I was just like curious and I was like, let's see what this is about. Like, what was I doing as a child? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, like, I get it. This is, I can see how I still got off to this, but I, can, I, I still know that, like, I don't like boobs. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm not a fan of them. Like, I like the look of them, but I'm like, I have no intention of touching this except just to find out what it feels like. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Kate? Yeah, I feel like my story is quite lame. So I I definitely got into porn way later than is probably normal. But I remember being 12 years old and Victor Barry was on Red FM after nine o'clock with the late night show. Oh, yes. And they would talk about sex there. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I remember my mom was like, do not listen to the radio after nine o'clock. And I was like, that's important. I should probably listen to the radio. So I think that was like my first introduction to the idea of sex and sex toys. Um, And then when I was like 16 and I had a phone with internet on it, um, I had, do you remember the app um, Stumble Upon? Mm. Yeah. So it would bring you to a random web page, but you could theme it. So I think I like my themes were like art and health and wellness or something like that. But one of the things that I stumbled upon for health and wellness was like about sexual health. And I was like, oh, 
I didn't ask for this, but it's very interesting. <laughs> but I had this thing in my head where I was like, I can't put it into the Google search bar. But if I just keep pressing stumble upon, it might come up again or something similar. <laughs> so that, that was basically how I introduced myself to porn through a random series of stumble upons. That's very innocent. That's very innocent. Yeah. It's very innocent, yeah. Here's us all looking up for and help. The chat roulette thing was very interesting because um, it was, no, it was innocent because we were never doing it for sexual gratification. We were just like looking for wind ups on chat roulette. Yeah, just yeah. looking, looking mm-hmm. for chats and annoying people. Yeah, chat roulette was at our age just being like, oh, we're so funny being on chat roulette. And if, yeah, <laughs> we came across a guy masturbating, it was like funny and we'd giggle and then yeah, thought, like, oh, oh, yeah. you know, um, yeah, that's mm. interesting. I don't know how old I was when I first actively searched out pornography. Mm. Yeah, so I must I, have been I 16 remember. or 17, if I'm being honest. I don't I, think I would have been actually looking for younger. I don't remember the exact age. I was definitely like I, I, I'm estimating 10, 11, 12 of thereabouts. Mm-hmm. I remember sharing porn through infrared. Oh, oh my god! Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> touching the phones to each other and having to hold them there till they were done. Yeah. Oh my god! I remember being in third year and someone had porn on their phone, yeah. sitting in the back row, just showing them. it to people. Oh, yeah. And just it was like so mad that like we were sitting in Matt's class <laughs> and someone in the back row was like showing really explicit porn. And I think almost back then it's almost like having um contraband. It's just almost cool that you have access to it rather than mm. the content mm. itself. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so David, going back to the original topic, do you think that an over-reliance on porn affects your sexual performance? Well, why are we asking David? Kate? I suppose my sexual performance I definitely like when I was younger I was definitely like oh this is this is what sex is and I need to do I need to be like that yeah and if I'm not that big then that's not that's not good and like everything that that got in like yeah so like I suppose something that used to piss off my guy friends when I was younger is when we got to the age of like, oh, man, how big is your penis? You get the ruler and you put it up. I never actually did. And I still haven't. Yeah. Um, because when I was younger, I got into my head like, oh my God, I need to be like, I need to act when I do have sex. I need to have sex like this. And I need to be this big and stuff. And for some reason, I got really insecure about that, which prompted me to not measure my penis when everyone else was measuring their penises. How does that subject come up? Like, hey, buddy. You'd be surprised. Like, yeah. how often? Because that never came up with me until, like, Grinder and they Girls also talk asked about me. Like, um, I, I, suppose, I remember other guys talking about that. You know, it was like really? 15, okay. 16. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose, like, maybe one person does it and gets curious if he's bigger or smaller or whatever. But anyway, like, yeah. It's so like, I, thing is like, whoever's the biggest is like the most alpha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's like trying to prove something to someone else or something like that. I don't know, but like, weren't they all just lying probably? Like, probably. Yeah. 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 Like, I, to this day, I have no concept of what <laughs> what's a realistic like what, size what's yeah. like realistic size or not because like I, I think the the average yeah. is five Irish. inches in Europe from what I can gather from the latest statistics yeah I think the Irish average is 5.5 5. yeah something around that mm. but um yeah it, it, it prompted me to never do that and I think that's yeah there's no meaning like part of that's 
like good. I didn't, I didn't feel like the it's pressure. Kind of like your IQ. It's better not to know, right? It's not a thing in, in the US. And it's not like, the effort you put in. But like that's uh, when they're really into measuring intelligent quotients and in the American school system, and they don't tell the kids because they don't want to affect their school outcome by telling them their what their IQ result is. It's probably better, isn't it? I, I don't know. Well, I think has it, it been better not to know? Um, there was definitely a lot of times when I was younger that my friends were like, oh my God, huh, he knows and he's really small and that's what well, I think. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't the game plan have been if you had measured and you were disappointed to just lie like everyone else probably was? Yeah, yeah that, that, that's another game plan. But I think it's it's good in a sense that I wasn't pressured to be like, oh, I need, I need to do it. But it's when you were bad in a sense. Yeah. But I think but, but, no, he had pressure enough to actually do it. But it's bad yeah. in a sense that like it's the insecurity of oh my god, this is a big important thing that made me self conscious enough to not end up mm-hmm. ever yeah. doing it, even to this day. Mm-hmm. Like I as I was saying, as like a confidence thing because I didn't measure for ages. Not like when I was younger, I don't have the same experience of having that group of friends who was asking those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, as I got older and I was on grinder and stuff, that question kind of comes up on occasion. Um, and for ages, I was just like, oh, never measured, uh, never felt the need to, is the way I phrased it. Yeah. Um, it was that's just that's a matter a of like, problem, I just right? never measured. It's <laughs> yeah. like, a, one, I didn't have that same growing up thing with you. Um, but I think if I did, I would have had like that same thing where it's like, Oh, like, do I want to confirm my fears or just not know and like be confident in the fact that I don't need to know this? Can't, can't you guys control. just eyeball and be like, yeah, like if you like you so close, think, you can close one of your eyes and like put your thumb over. So like, I think I think the big but, thing, well, yeah, about, like David hasn't seen that many penises. <laughs> so so the, so the big thing is um, about like I suppose eyeballing it or like confirming fears. I suppose when around that time in my life the fear would have been oh my god mine isn't the same size as As that porn star that I'm watching on the internet right now which is not realistic so oh my god I'm really small oh my god I'm just not gonna Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to know out of sight, out of mind, kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and you can kind of like even if they're doing that thing of like, oh, you're not telling us because you're small, you can hold strong on the confidence of like, no, I generally don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, and that was the thing. It was like I wasn't lying because I didn't know, and that was the that yeah. was my crutch at that moment because I got I had a lot of friends at that moment at that time in my life that was very. That would get venomous they about aggressively it. Aggressively wanted to know how they could Aggressively yeah. wanted to know the size of my penis is the best way I can describe it. Um, <laughs> really interesting as well. well that's, that's very so interesting. That, that, yeah. I imagine, I don't know who you're talking about. I imagine that person was was mapping out a social hierarchy based on dick size. Yeah. In his yeah. mind. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like, in like, like a real world Yeah, like scenario. And realistically, it was like, um, oh, I know I have this over this person or whatever um, yeah that's kind yeah. of how they worked and especially with you they always kind of had that dynamic of like it's very Lord of the Flies if you think about it <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like they always 
had this attitude where they were, they tried to act better than you, but you were liked more, and that really bothered them. Yeah, okay, going back to like the original topic of sexual performance, um, do we want to talk about like the opposite end? experience to my one which would be i suppose both of you kind of have that experience yeah Stories. in our own way i think do you want to talk about your one with the drug that you used yeah, yeah. david's is interesting <laughs> yeah so um yeah so essentially at some point um over the last like two year and a half ish i went to the doctor i was like hey um uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm sick. So, oh, how do I phrase this? We'll cut the spit out. You're putting it out. Right? Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, um, I was put on antibiotics and. So essentially, I was put on antibiotics for. Um... Fuck. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm not going to say for a this time. I did okay. say it last time, but you caught okay. yourself off. Okay. So essentially, it was put on antibiotics, and like a, a, a symptom of those specific antibiotics yeah. would have been um, a, a erectile dysfunction. Essentially, um, the in it, like it make me it make it difficult for me to get hired. So. I went to the doctor and he was like, hey, you need these antibiotics. And also I'm going to prescribe you these, this Viagra because it can lead to kind of, you know, performance, performance issues. Exactly. I do want to put it in this part. Um, how many did he give you and how many days did you have to take the antibiotics? Yeah. So it was really funny <laughs> is he gave me ace tablets of Viagra and I was on the antibiotics for 10 days so <laughs> so essentially yeah, my, my, ideas for David's sex life <laughs> yes my, my doctor thought I was raving to go great um, but yeah so essentially he put me on them and I suppose in my mind it was like oh I've never had the kind of oh my god I can't get hired this is so embarrassing I've never had whiskey dick to to the extent where it's like oh this is like I I suppose similar to Luke it's like I've never had whiskey dick to the point where it's like detriment oh I'm I'm getting anxious about this this is terrible kind of thing anytime it's happened it's been like to the level of drunk where I pass out immediately anyway yeah or like the other person's kind of at a similar level yeah or the the other person was at a similar level exactly so it wasn't really I suppose sloppy sex is the best way you can describe it yeah Um, that's actually accurate yeah, yeah, like hundred percent. Um, so I was like, "Oh, what'll I do with this now?" Because like a, a scenario was presenting itself, and I was like, "Oh, I'll." I would rather take the Viagra, not knowing whether or not I would have performance issues in regards to like the general whether or not the antibiotics were impacting me that way. I said, "I take the Viagra to avoid that." kind of anxiety around that awkward situation kind of yeah or that awkward situation if it was to arise or whatever um I don't really no it's a fine situation it happens it's all right don't worry yeah sorry so (laughs) I I would have perceived it as an awkward situation for my own insecurities not necessarily saying that like it's an awkward situation in general for me specifically it would have been awkward yeah so I took the Viagra and it wasn't I didn't notice too much of it difference mm. i suppose now that could be the 
antibiotics and the Viagra counteracting to make normality, or yeah. it could have been it just so happens I wasn't getting that um, that particular side that effect. particular yeah. side effect of the antibiotics. It's it, it's very hard to say. But the great thing that I discovered was um, when he prescribed me the Viagra, um, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so embarrassing. This is terrible or whatever. I was like, hey, I have a prescription here for this. And the pharmacy was like, yeah, no problem. And they handed it out to me. And it's like, it doesn't, in my mind, there's going to be a big blue box that said Viagra, ha ha ha, or something (laughs) like that. Or it's going to be really like shoddy marketing, like shitty, you know, like a a deflated balloon or something like that. Contraceptive pills do have that on it because I remember the first. Really? The fir- well, I think the first contraceptive I I was ever on had like a weird graphic of a man and woman embracing each other with a heart with a heart in the middle. Beautiful. Jesus. But do, do you know what? I, was, I remember like now it's like I'm I'm 24. I couldn't care less yeah, who's in the pharmacy queue when I'm going up to get a script. Mm. But like when I was 18, I was like mortified by my own shadow so mm, yeah. yeah the fact that there was any like you knew it wasn't paracetamol or like i don't know an antibiotic for you know tonsillitis it was like very clearly a contraceptive pill based on the packaging because it was like yeah. it was like blue and purple and mm. i just That's like annoying, yeah. i don't know I, I don't know is that annoying because mm. i suppose it's like am i attaching shape to something that isn't shameful but I suppose discretion is, is also fine as well like you know you never know like, yeah that's the thing yeah. it's like it, there was a shame behind it for sure but then I don't know if I was shame it was more like I just didn't want the person behind me in the queue knowing my business so like I need six months mm. of I don't know I, so yeah what, what would you call that? Shame. Yeah, it's like it's none of your fucking business in person. Like, I don't know. But then, but then I suppose I don't feel that way now. So maybe it's it is a like a sense of immature, immaturity and like lack of confidence and stuff. But yeah, the first the the first pill I was ever on had that had like a, a man and woman hugging on the front. They they weren't like um, hyper realist people. It was like two cartoon characters yeah. embracing each other with a heart around it. And uh, yeah, I can't remember what the name of the first contraceptive I was ever on but I wouldn't recommend it because it's really <laughs> obvious if you're 18 go for a different one Yasmin or Yasmin or whatever it's called yeah. I, I like I like uh, yeah that's I was thinking um because we were talking about what's the non-brand name for Viagra I thought you were going to say we were talking about Jasmine Sperry in the last <laughs> <laughs> hi Jas <laughs> no um, hi ta- Moose <laughs> <laughs> um, no we were talking about if you were if you were getting Viagra over the counter because you don't need a script for it anymore is what you were saying Big earlier. Oh, I was just saying that I said I've I wasn't saying that in this episode, but um yeah, I've seen ads in the Yeah, sorry. The this is like sorry, this is like a conversation we had before the podcast. But yeah. That I saw an ad for Viagra and I was like yeah. in, in, when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, I didn't know we were allowed to do those kind of ads. And I was like, Yeah, so basically so. Viagra is is going to be or already is over the counter. Yeah. And then my issue was it must be difficult for someone let's say someone who's younger like, uh, to go up to a pharmacy and counter and ask for Viagra. So I was wondering what was the 
off-brand name for it, and then David actually I, I went still and has got his the, the six <laughs> tablets that I still own, <laughs> and they're called like oh, Suda, Sudafil or something. Yeah, they're, they're really generic name, and like mm-hmm. that that was going into the like, oh my god, everyone's going to know my business or whatever. I just handed them the thing, and I was like, oh yeah, could I, could I get this, please? Like, no problem. And they brought it out, and it just looked. It was in the same type of box as, as everything else, you as everything else, yeah. as the antibiotics that I also got on the same script. Like I had to. Oh, maybe you mixed them up. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I actually, I actually did look up the days of But yeah, like, and the only kind of giveaway is when you take them out of the actual box themselves, the big blue tablet that's synonymous with Viagra, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I think it's handy that they have like a generic branding name, mm. but also. If you were going to go into a store without the like information, you can also just be like, oh, yeah, like Viagra. I'm looking for Viagra. Yeah. Yeah. And my what I found interesting was I was quite happy to know that there was a generic name you could ask for it by. Yeah. Because I think like if you're look, if you're someone in your fifties or sixties and who's having issues with like age-related erectile dysfunction, that's one thing. But like, you know, just talk about yourself. You know, if you're 19 mm-hmm. years old sure you shouldn't feel shame about erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation or any anything to do with like sexual yeah. performance that is not something to feel shameful about but you know if you're a young person you've enough on your plate and maybe having to mm. pluck up the courage to deal with a social interaction and a chemist shouldn't be another thing to add to it yeah mm. so yeah i for sure like that kind of subtle brand the discreet branding and i kind of feel the same about yeah. the contraceptive pill as well even as an adult i don't care I did when I was 18. Yeah, and that, that's fair. Like, it's the whole thing that was like, yeah, it'd be great if we didn't have the shame growing up, mm-hmm. but we do, and we also need to address that. Yeah. Mm. And I think I think all the all the female contraceptive pills have, like, girly names. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like Yasmin and Avrina. <laughs> I don't know the other ones who I know, but... Is that something like that when you go in, you can just pretend that you're asking for someone who works there? Oh, I'm looking for Jasmine. <laughs> no, because you don't, you don't say I'm looking for a six month refill on Jasmine. <laughs> um, I think the um, the antithesis of the um, discreet branding thing is if you want to get the morning after pill, you have to go into Boots or wherever, go into the little room to the side and have a full on conversation with the pharmacist about your sexual history. Before they'll give you the pill. Why is that? What's the purpose of that? Uh, because it's stupid that the morning after pill isn't readily available to everyone. I know, but like there must be some rationale why why the why the pharmacist thinks they're doing that. I don't think so because like in other European countries, you go in and you say, "Can I have the morning after pill?" And they go, "Yeah, it's thirty euro, thanks." Yeah, I I don't have I don't have any experience of asking for it myself. But I remember when I was like sixteen, I went in with a friend, and she was asked. Did she use protection? Yeah. And she she just said like, oh, I did, but the condom broke. Yeah, and so I felt like that was, to be fair, yeah. the person I was with was well able to handle herself. She didn't feel any shame, but she was, she was quite like defiant about it afterwards, yeah. which I really respected because I was really shocked. I didn't realize that was customary. I thought it was just go in and get it and leave. And, um, have to take it in I, I couldn't, well. I couldn't wrap my head around what was the purpose of asking the question other than like data collection, but like if she didn't consent to the data being collected from her. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a, a precursor one. to you getting medicine. That it's, yeah, that it, there's, there's huge issues with ethics there. 
Yeah. Yeah, that is really problematic. Yeah, I actually, I really remember it. Yes, and didn't say anything else, but they have been like, oh, you don't need this, so... And, yeah, is it just and the, to judge? The fact, the fact, yeah, yeah, the fact that she had she had to she felt that she had to give them a story that meant that she wasn't yeah. liable or something. So yeah. they they would give yeah. it to her because she was a good girl. You know, yeah. it wasn't her fault. Um, yeah, that's very fucked. There's definitely issues about that. Yeah. Do they still do that, Kate? Is that still currently in practice? I'm not sure, actually. We should go in and buy some morning after pills and see what that's happens. <laughs> yeah, what would happen if um, you walked in with a kind of the morning after pill? You go into the room with them. And they say, oh, yeah, so um, when, when did you have sex? And you just say, um, I don't consent to giving you that information under the Data Protection Regulation Act. Okay, oh, that's oh. why. Sorry, that's why they have to bring you to room because they have to find out how long ago you had sex because you don't they have to though if other European countries just handed you over the counter no but sorry I was trying to come up, I was trying to figure out the logic I think it's something to do with abortion laws prior to the Eighth Amendment being repealed because I think that for abortions up to nine weeks it's actually the same medication as the morning after pill oh. or, it's, or, it's, or it's very similar if the dosage is slightly altered and I think that's why because the laws, the law in Ireland previously was like up to 72 hours or something like that and then after that, it was considered a uh, legitimate pregnancy under the law. I think maybe... I'm sorry, I, I don't think that's right. I'm just yeah, trying to I always want to know what the fucking logic is when someone does something like an, like an administrative... Yeah, where did this come from? Yeah, place, yeah, I think that might be it, Kate. Because yeah, I, I that didn't sense. look that up when, when, the, when repeal the 8th was happening. What was, a medical, what was before medical abortion? And that's, it's like anywhere between conception and nine weeks, it's actually mm-hmm. taking two pills. So I think it actually may be a double dose of the emergency contraceptive. Oh, so like if, if we want to, so I, I didn't realize if, if I wanted to get an abortion in Ireland back in 2014, could you get the morning after pill, I get the morning after pill, and then I just take both of them? Not necessarily because no. it could be a higher dosage, but my point is, is that I think that's why they are asking. And also they make you take it in front of them. Do they like oh, going to the, which might be another reason. Yeah. Mm. It's all come together. It's a disgusting idea to like want to ask these questions, but like to segment them off and be like, especially because like you most likely if you're getting this pill, you're feeling vulnerable at the time. And then it's just like, oh, come into this room alone and talk to me here and um, yeah. tell me about your sex life that you've just had there now in the recent days, assuming that that's why you're here. So that, that must be a case. Now, the question yeah. of the question of did you use protection? I don't know, maybe that's a sexual education opportunity, but I don't know. I'd say that one was just kind of added on. Yeah. It's like, ask this just in case kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they wanted to hand out free condoms or something, oh, that would probably. be that would be fine with no judgment and no conversation. Just, just leave a bowl by the door. That's that true as well. Yeah, yeah you, you don't need to ask questions like that because that, that, that sounds yeah. so... Uh, like... What what's it Ireland? Yeah, so Catholic. Yeah, so like sex shaming. Yeah, on women as well. Like, mm, what did you do now? Um, but the whole repeal the eighth was about fixing that to an extent, I suppose. So yeah, just giving yeah. women control of their own body, and yeah. like, yeah, that's actually probably something that hasn't been looked at and probably should be looked at to just like correct this little thing yeah. that we have. Yeah, it's still doing. the same. I do wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it still was because that's kind of how we work it's like we have these big changes and then kind of forget to change the little things <laughs> mm. I know that um, a pharmacy in Balancholic for the first time ever a few years ago I saw the advertise that they had the emergency oral contraceptive available in store nice. which is the first time I actually saw that it being advertised which yeah. I think mm. does take away some of the stigma 
yeah, that's what I felt with the Viagra thing. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's like super cool. Absolutely, like, people take that. this. It's not yeah. a deal. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. God, I was so tempted now to go into a pharmacy and ask for it. <laughs> but it actually, you know, like, if you take like, it for them, then I'd probably be like, oh, change your mind, I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> I want you, to you convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could just go to a pharmacy and be like, just asking out of curiosity. <laughs> They'll be like, off, I'm working. No, I imagine they'll be like, oh, do you need this? And it's like, no, like, I really don't. I just want to know out of curiosity. And they're like, she probably needs to the last one else. Do we know anyone who's a pharmacist? No, no I don't. Yeah. Um, so you can get it in hickeys. <laughs> yeah. And okay. I, I just read their form and it, it was all pretty straightforward. Like um, date of birth, you have to be over 17. Um, it's free with a medical card. They ask you the time since unprotected sex, your current day of menstrual cycle. Um, if it's for your own use, the customers must attend in person to collect the pill. Um, is there any chance that you're pregnant before this episode? Uh, will, this, <laughs> will this be the first time since your last period and are you breastfeeding other medication allergies and stuff so allergies Which is, yeah, and that's not what i remember med- at all but like the allergies and the other medication that sounds about right that's fine that's most of the rest is like it's kind of irrelevant maybe menstrual cycle as well well if you're pregnant breastfeeding yeah. yeah if there's a chance you're pregnant and then you take that pill it could be you could and if it's the wrong dose or something mm. yeah okay but with the oh, yeah, episode was yeah. great. <laughs> As if you had a fish and you were like, oh no, I don't wear it, I don't know Yeah, since the last ordeal. <laughs> yeah, see I don't I I I'm not an MD, so I don't know what the, the risks are of taking yeah. emergency contraceptive. Yeah, what doctor. information? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah, what's the information that they actually need and what's that's Catholic stuff. Catholic. Yeah, basically. I think the tone of voice is Catholic. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> the, the concept. Yeah, I think the cross legs are uh, Catholic, but about the rest of it, I I don't know. Maybe that's for the well being of the person taking it. Yeah. Mm. Kind of feel like I did a three hundred and sixty on that one or one hundred and eighty. Yeah. One hundred and eighty. What were we talking about before that? I'm talking about Viagra. 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 To that. Um, do either of you have? Um, Sexual performance stories. Sexual performance stories, yeah. Just like perform fucking. I actually, when we were starting this podcast, uh, it came across my mind that I wanted to give a shout out to Samantha. I can't remember her second name, but she was um, like my boyfriend's roommate. I remember them having a very explicit conversation where she was like, I don't give blowjobs. Don't like it. Don't do it. And I, I just think she's a hero and she's really impacted my life. I didn't know you could just be like, no, I don't like that. And th- that's it. You don't have to do of anything course, else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. Everyone has to have preferences and you shouldn't do anything that you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. I think that's really important to have like a good relationship would be to respect each other's boundaries. And mm. it's totally, un- if, I think if your relationship has kind of progressed to the point where you trust someone more or you have more patience in the bedroom or you're more willing to explore, that's, you can always like open up a conversation about have your boundaries changed? Are you willing to try something new? But if you have a hard line, I think that's totally acceptable. Yeah. And I think the more you own it, the, the less complicated it is. I think that lack of communication which is so annoying because I think it's such a cliche thing to say that like communication is key to all but things it's but, so true <laughs> well I'm actually um, going back to like you know David when he was describing his own 
mindset when talking about why he chose to take Viagra while he was on medication. Yeah, yeah. And you were saying because you wanted to avoid an awkward situation. Yeah, and avoid the just the mental kind of yeah. anxiety. And we clarified that, that we clarified that you were talking about your own mental state at the time, not that we think that collectively yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, the situation. Yeah. I will say from my own experience that not talking about it makes it an awkward situation. Yeah. Mm. And I think that is the only the only thing about it that sticks out for me that it's not the actual either risky dick or not being able to get hard or um, premature ejaculation that's awkward mm, I think yeah. it's actually the person having no reaction to it or having a very negative reaction to it or just choosing to not talk about it and just mm. pack up yeah I think they're the that's the only time as a woman that I think that I felt that this, the experience went from either being positive or you know grand neutral to being a little bit awkward or negative and I think mm. that just that comes down to I think when you're the person yourself you feel you have these complex feelings of shame and embarrassment and then you project them onto the situation and I think that if you speak to most people in their sexual history they're going to have performance issues at some point in their life performance issues can come from anxiety from having issues in work being worried about your fucking parents come to visit you having periods of insomnia anxiety depression a bipolar episode there are so many reasons that you can have performance issues not loving your girlfriend anymore or thinking she's ugly are not really that's not performance one of them issues, yeah <laughs> so just from like the female perspective that's not really ever the case yeah so it's nothing to be ashamed of mm. yourself and there's no reason to feel shame you know if it's if you are the person who's experiencing the performance issue and I think that talking about it is the best way to to deal. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah. like I, I can I can totally sympathise if you're in a casual relationship or it's a casual hook up. That is a lot more difficult. I, you know, we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. That is tough to navigate. But if you're if you're in a in a relationship or a community relationship, I just think talk about it. Yeah. I think it makes it less of a big deal. Yeah, because like mm-hmm. even my thing, like I definitely think part of it was just the chemical imbalance. Part of it was definitely the anxiety. Of worrying about it constantly. It was like a few factors coming together. Yeah, so like anytime I was going to have sex, it was like, oh, even if I'm like kind of into this and everything, I was going to have the anxiety worrying that this is going to happen, worrying what they're going to think of it, uh, worrying how I was going to think of it. Yeah. Um, so I was just going in like at 90 already stress-wise. Um, there was a couple of times where I did talk to people about it beforehand. Uh, I can't say like it can't be done or anything like that but it was like oh like at least I got that out of the way like if mm-hmm. it does happen I've explained it yeah Um. so it was kind of like I was so anxious it might happen but I was like oh but if it does I don't need to like I don't have to have that conversation because I've already done that I've got that, that out of the way so they're expecting it as well yeah so, they're like, prepped it's, basically yeah. is what you're saying um, yeah so I definitely which like, it yeah, yeah going really back much. to what Kate said I think like fucking own it yeah. if you think like if you're someone who sometimes has problems then just don't be embarrassed just say it and I think that's probably the best way to deal with a ca- more casual hookup mm-hmm. yeah I think if you're in a relationship I think you were talking about getting the other person off if you can't get off I think that's like yeah you know good sportsmanship yeah, and and if was, you're, yeah. If you're in a relationship where, like, hey, sometimes I just um, I have performance issues. It's maybe it's because I have a high stress job, I'm, or I'm just dealing with a few things, or I have anxiety. Mm. 
if you know that sometimes that happens, but you still have a positive sexual experience with your partner, it's taking so much pressure off you because you know that you're still having this positive exchange with the person that you're into. Yeah. And then sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. I wouldn't feel an overwhelming sense of fucking doom and shame if my car didn't start. Yeah. And I just don't think it's that uh, much different. And I don't think like it always has to come down to uh, vocal communication. Like some of the times it was like I was using those tools to kind of stop the foreplay on me, mm-hmm. but putting more attention onto them. And it just kind of was an unspoken thing where they were like, oh, he's just like more into giving these things yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that worked out. I mean, communication so, comes like, in about, like, you know, we communicate as much through our bodies as we do through like yeah. verbal communication. So, so like in those casual situations, that was like kind of my way of doing it was just kind of like... Oh, so you didn't do like a PowerPoint presentation? No, no, I, I didn't set it up. Um, I didn't bring the slideshow with me. Um, yeah, yeah so, like, that's a really good point. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. I think we can kind of end it off there. I think that was a nice way to end it off, being like communication is the key to definitely addressing yeah. situations. Do I need to say thank you to you guys? No, I don't need to. It's fine. Well, thank you to all the respondents from the grinder. Actually, yes. Well, I'll, I'll be doing a closing as well. I do something. Okay. Myself. Yeah, that's fine. Right. Like thank you. Guys. Thank you, Kate. Why? Um, Why, oh, Kate? What does she do? She's <laughs> 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 a guest. Yeah. No, thank you guys for doing this because. It's always a fun thing to do, but it's hard to do when we're drunk and trying to talk coherently. Yeah, I would love to do one of these sober at one point. Yeah, oh, definitely. We'll do that. Because I can talk. <laughs> I can talk real good when Some I don't have... Some real good words yeah. come out of my mouth. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, at some point, slightly more sober. Yeah. See, you know what it is? We always want to start these earlier and then... Like, and we started this at midnight, by the way. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, we started this at midnight. Oh, so nice. Do you want us to do sign-offs? Do you want to sign off? Do you have a sign-off? <laughs> good morning, good evening, and good night. <laughs> um, no, uh, thanks for having us on, Luke. It was really enjoyable. Mm, yeah. That was fucking sincere. Fuck you. Oh, that's, that's the way. It's hard to tell. <laughs> the that's news the news. <laughs> Grass tastes bad. Why is it when we try to be sincere to each other, we all like clam up and be like, like, oh, like, oh, okay. Why are you lying? You're my best friend. You're my best friend. I no reckon you should kiss. <laughs> Uh, okay, Kate, do you have a sign off as well? Bye. Slots. <laughs> Big thank you to David, Kira, and Kate for joining me. Uh, technically, that was one interview, but it's split into two, so that was very handy because I have a lot of college assignments that I've been ignoring for a while. As always, if you have any feedback, topic suggestions, or you would like to volunteer to be a guest, you can find me at at Queer Tales Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can email me at queertalespodcast at gmail.com. I hope all you listeners really enjoyed this episode. It was super fun to record with my three best friends. Sorry, Jared. Um, <laughs> and as always, be sound, be loud, be proud. Thank you for listening. Bye.